Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bloomscast. My name is Seth, aka Phantasma Plumes, and I'm coming to you pre recorded from the game room. As always, I thank you for tuning in today. If you're a new listener, I just want to say thank you so much for choosing Plumes Cast to be your source of information and entertainment, properly, for the next amount of time, because let's be fair, I never know how long these are going to go for. And for all my returning listeners, I just want to say thank you as well. It's actually thanks to you guys that you all have received a new little ad read at the beginning of podcast. I had no say in that matter. <laughs> I'm sorry. (laughs) So, real quick, to just start this off with a quick, you know, veil off the production of Bloom's cast. Uh, For whatever reason, Anchor has me start my ad reads at the very beginning of podcasts. Like, I can't just inject it naturally. So, I guess for every ad... Um, either, like, until I get the choice to put it in myself or whatever, it's just gonna start at the beginning. So, hey, today's episode is sponsored by Anchor by Spotify for every episode now. (laughs) And, hey, hey, real talk, if you want me to do an ad read for you, you got to hear my radio voice. Like, I, I practiced that one a couple of times. Um, real talk, real quick, I, like... I ended up having to write a script for that one just because they had like certain key points they wanted me to say. And so I was like, okay, I, and like I practiced it a few times, like as I was taking a shower to get ready for Plumes cast. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, I have a solid idea of what I want to say and what I want to do. So I'm just, I'm just going to go with it and we're going to see how it goes. And the first take was God awful. Then the second take was a little bit better. Third take was a little bit better. And now fourth take, I'm like, fuck it. I'm writing a script. So, you know, completely detracts from the script free, uh, well, mostly script-free narrative of Plume's cast, but hey, you know, when when people are paying you, you gotta play things by a different rule book, I guess. And until I get more creative freedom with ad reads, unfortunately, I will probably continue to make scripts, just be like, yeah, yeah, no, uh, this is great, great product. Anyway, yo, I am excited. Uh, first off, I hope all y'all are doing well, because this has been a long-requested episode as well. This, the title for this episode, Anime Con Man Blooms. Your boy has gone through a number of experiences at Anime Cons, and I have been wanting to tell more anime stories, or like Anime Con stories, especially as like a contrast to our more serious episode last week. Um, And like, I'm so, like you guys... I usually, uh, every Tuesday on Twitter, at Phantasma Plumes, I will put a poll on and be like, alright guys, you guys, uh, give me the topic, like, here's four choices, and give me a question if you want, and I, <laughs> to be completely honest, I forgot to do it, like, I need to just start automating them, and I will, uh, but I completely forgot to do it, because I've been so busy at work these past couple of weeks, I've been working on, like, um, uh, two new projects while finishing another so just a quick veil into my life um i was working on a ad reporting software uh ad querying software where it's just like oh yo i want to be able to know the 
absolute second a new user is made in my tenant. I want to be able to see when users are moving around different administrative groups, like why are they doing it, licensing purchases, all that kind of fun stuff, just so that way I can, you know, keep some security on it. Because we recently went through an audit, and I think that's what prompted this. Um, Mind you, I don't think IT had any issues, which was an amazing feeling. Um, I overheard some of the conversation between my boss and the auditor and cause the auditor came from a different company and just listening to him talk about the things that I've changed and the things that I've upgraded. I don't know. It was a spark of pride, honestly. And you know, it's, and I'm talking about all this work stuff too, because up until I started recording podcast, I've been casually browsing around trying to find a new place to live up in that part of town. Um, you know, it's it's nerve-wracking to some degree. Like, just the other day, I signed the uh, intent to vacate. Uh, and that just, I honestly, like, the fact that a new chapter is about to start for my life is just mind-blowing. And the fact that, you know, things are going so well to some degrees. You know, I need to take better care of myself still and, like, rest up more. But, hey, yo, everything else is going nicely. <laughs> so, anyway, no, to lead it all back... Um, Last voting session, uh, you guys had voted for the um, how to deal with stress and how and like anime column plumes. So I'm like, hell yeah, nah, y- y'all, y'all, y'all have made your choice long in advance. The illusion of choice that I've given you has long faded. I have decided that this is the next two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, dude, if you can't tell, if you can't tell, I I have just woken up from a nap not too long ago either. <laughs> like, um, in between searching for stuff, I decided that I was just going to take a short break and then get back to it. So I, like, went down, I laid down for, like, 30 minutes. It's weird. I've always talked shit about naps, and now I kind of respect it because I feel so much more awake than I did this morning. Like, you know... <sighs> Real real quick, have you guys ever had, like, one of those, like, lingering exhaustions where it's just, like, you wake up not exactly in the best way and you have that kind of, like, not fully awake vibe the entire day? Like, that was me today, yo. It sucked. And it's like, I got a lot of stuff done. I'm proud of myself. Um, you know, as we speak, I've got two steaks marinating in the fridge. Uh, my sweet Jules has never had a proper steak before. So I went above and beyond. <laughs> I absolutely, you know, decided to go off the fucking cuff. And I'm like, you know what? She's never had a steak, so I went and bought some, like, New York strips. And I'm hoping to finish a recording before she gets home. And then I can, uh, you know, go and start cooking. Because I have some, like, russet potatoes. So I'm going to make a full-on delicious meal for my lovely girlfriend. But anyway, my gloating aside... And my restfulness aside, yeah, dude, for real, for real, like, I don't, if you guys have ever gotten a Garmin, like, watch or something like that, one of the uh, fitness trackers, that thing has this feature called a body battery, and what it does is it basically measures your stress and, like, energy output compared to your, you know, relaxation and energy input. The lowest value on that bitch that I've seen so far is five. And hey, yo, <laughs> your boy's been down at five for like a good chunk of the day. 
I apparently did not sleep as well as I thought I did, or I was just super exhausted as of last night, and I didn't realize it. So I've been trying to take it a little more easy today, and honestly, I I feel so much better after that nap. Oh, God. I, I might start incorporating naps into my daily routine. <laughs> but anyway, so let, I'm, I'm excited for this one, though. This is a fun episode. Uh, Like I said, I don't know how long this one's going to go for, because this is just, like, usually I have full-on, like, explanations of how things go, and uh, what, and, like, definitions. It's like, yo, like, if you don't know what an anime con is, I can go, like, I'm going to go over a little bit, but I can't do, like, the whole hour of, you know, pre-conversation before stories. Like, this is just a strictly story time episode where I get to talk more about uh, anime con stories that you guys might or may not have, um, you know, heard on stream already. Now, I know there was a cooking stream probably about three, four months back at this point where Keith and I had talked a lot about, you know, anime con experiences and me flipping over, <laughs> me flipping over furries and, uh, <laughs> Getting into fights over Tomomos and uh, <laughs> oh, definitely a lot of uh, ad unfriendly things. <laughs> oh, dude! But no, I want to talk about uh, more of the different sides of anime cons. Like, I want to tell y'all some of the hotel stories. Um, I want to tell y'all some of like the three different lives that I've lived at an anime con. Like going as a con goer. Uh, being a seller accidentally and being a panelist, like on God, I have so many con stories. So this might just be part one, uh, depending on how long I can record for, but you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm excited for this one. So real quick, just to kind of go over what an anime con is for those who are uninformed, which honestly, if you found my podcast and you don't know, like, bro, bro. You good? Like, how did you find me? I'm honored that you're listening to this point, but bro, you good? (laughs) Anyway, so, anime cons. They are typically, depending on the size and the location, usually three to five days long. And some of them are, you know, from 8 a.m. to, you know, midnight. Uh, Some of them are 24-hour. Usually the way it goes is... For at least cons in the, you know, Atlanta area. They will typically start at about, you know, noon is when they open their doors on the first day. So let's just say Thursday. Because for us, it's usually Thursday to Sunday. Sometimes it's Thursday to Monday. Uh, Most are like Friday through Sunday. But typically, they open their doors at noon on the first day. They run all the way till 5 p.m. Sunday. So you have all that, ooh, excuse me, all that time of unadulterated anime consumption, illegal anime consumption, conspicuous amounts of weebdom, all in a hotel area or some type of con pavilion. Like uh, there's congr- or, um, convention centers that a lot of cons take place in a lot of them also take place across like multiple hotels if they're in a small pavilion together um and honestly 
that is probably one of the coolest things about anime cons because it's just like you most people that I know because I have friends that are just anime con friends like these are people that I only see during cons because they're from out of state um you know we <laughs> it's kind of funny I've made a couple of friends that are like one's a dentist and every time we run into each other at cons like we leave work stuff behind and we just talk about Azure Lane. Like, I don't even play Azure Lane anymore. But this dude's hardcore, or like high-key obsessed into it. And every time I see him, it's just, oh yeah, no, let's talk about Azure Lane. He used to play Fate Grand Order, so we talked Fate, too, for a little while. And he's just a cool dude. Like, I, after going to cons as long as I have, and like, because I was thinking about it. My first con was, and this is actually where one of the stories come from, Dragon Con 2012. And, God, no, now that I'm looking at the clock, Ayo, I've almost been going to cons for 10 years. Now, mind you, you know, you have to skip a year because of COVID, but fuck that. In my heart, I was at a con. (laughs) But no, like, typically, the way I do cons is that's my vacation time for the year. Just because I usually get a hotel, and I usually will take, like, because... Previous jobs, I only had, like, maybe a week or two off PTO. So I would take off, like, Thursday, Friday, and then, you know, usually the following Monday because sometimes I'm dealing with uh, the infamous con crud, which is the illness of the week that gets passed around at these conventions. Um, (laughs) Well, I guarantee you there's been, like, last year it was the fear of the Rona. Um, But it... Like, usually I'll take those couple of days off, I'll get a hotel with a couple of buddies, and we'll fill that bitch up with, like, drinks, and food, and snacks, like, a bunch of things we wouldn't usually eat, and just go hog wild for a couple of days. And it's some of the most fun, like, I have so many fond memories of different cons I've gone to, just, like, from, and, like, you're gonna hear some of the stories But, like, just from, you know, hanging out with a bunch of people that I usually never get any time to hang out with because I'm typically busy or they're busy, you know, to hanging out like we used to back in high school. And, like, even friends that I've met and made that are just con buddies. Like, when you see those fuckers at a con, it's just straight out like you haven't missed a day with them. And these dudes have, like, full-on lives outside of conventions for sure. Some of them do, at least. Some of them that I've become friends with are, like, sellers. And, but whenever I see them, it's just like, yo, like, they pull me back into their booth. We sit, we chat for a while. You know, we go get food if we can. And just honestly, one of my favorite times because not only do I get to connect with the anime community, but I also get to see a bunch of people, and I just love that. I love having as many friends as I do in the convention scene. Um, now, that said, cons can be a mixed bag as far as experiences go. Um, some people absolutely hate conventions because they work, like, the restaurants and all in the area, and seeing a bunch of nerds walking around in cosplay definitely is jarring. Like, I... Okay, here's here's a story off the rip, actually. Uh, I was actually... I think I was in South Carolina for a work-related project, and I was staying at a convention center, like the hotel that sat on top of a convention center, and that weekend was like an anime con coming through, and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me! Because, like, yo, 
I left just as it was getting started, and I was so annoyed because I wanted, like, all I've ever wanted to do is I wanted to be the tourist that somehow got, like, involved in an anime con without, like, completely did not know that the con was going on whatsoever, and just so happened to, like, unluckily get involved in it. Just, like, I wanted... I always wanted to walk around, like, in a tuxedo, something that looks super official, even though I've never worn a tuxedo for IT of all positions. I'm, you know, I might have to for this business conference I got going up. Anyway, no, um, I just want to walk around and be, like, go up to some JoJo cosplay or something like that and look all confused and be like, uh, so what's going on here? Like, I'm just looking for the bed and breakfast. Like, Ayo, I, I'm just here. Like, give me the continental food. Like... <laughs> Get the fuck out of my way, you fucking kids. <laughs> Can't you tell I'm here to do business? Oh, man. Dude, I I swear I have so many, like, stories of all I could go off about. about Like, my different hotel travels alone. But that one in itself was just one of my favorites because... Like, I'm all uh, hooked up to the nines, and, like, people are asking me where to go for stuff as I'm, like, getting out the door. Because, let's be fair, like, I definitely am a nerdier-looking guy, uh, especially if I don't, like, get my hair cut or, like, put any real effort into how I'm looking. Which, I guarantee you, I did not try at all that day. Like, I woke up relatively early-ish to go back to site, uh, make sure that everything was up and going, and then I'm like, okay... I'm heading back to the hotel, I gotta check out, and I was out the door by, like, maybe 2 o'clock, and I was just like, bro, this fucking sucks, like, I'm tired, and, like, all these fucking anime dudes are walking in, I'm seeing the signs go up, and all I could do was, like, grumble under my breath, because I had to be back in the office, like, I had to take care of something back at the home site, and I'm like, I really just wanted to text my boss and be like, hey, can I, can I stay, like, one more day? <laughs> Like, I'll pay for it. Y'all don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but anyway, so speaking of hotel stories, this is actually how I'm going to start all this off. Uh, because this is mainly a story-focused podcast, uh, I have titles for everything I'm about to tell y'all. And, the, for, and like these are all hotel stories that have to do with the cons that I was going to because this is all just a group of friends there might be there might be some alcohol involved uh for some of these but I don't actually you know for now that I'm looking at my list I don't think I was ever drinking at these things like I might I was tired I can tell you for some of them um but I know for a fact like more of my buddies drank more than I did but anyway so, if you're ready to begin, you know, turn your Plume's history books to page 55, because we're going to start with IT Man Plume's with the automatically turning off TVs. Alright, so, this was like, I want to say 2013. I had just recently started working IT. Um, it might have been 2014, honestly, I'm not entirely sure. But all I know for a fact was I was working IT. I, you know, I hadn't changed my degree yet to IT. So I'm, I'm probably thinking this is like 2014. But prior to, like, I have only gone to, you know, 
a con here and there. Like, I only would go for a couple of days. This was the first time that Jaleel and I were staying at a convention for, you know, the full weekend. We actually, like, saved some money, and we got a hotel room, like, at the con, and we were super excited. And um, the first thing that we noticed was, like, as we're walking in the room, is that the TV doesn't work. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like, I don't think... I don't think we had anything really with us this time around. Because usually, I think every year following this, I brought some type of peripheral. Like, most years I would bring the GameCube so we could invite people back and play Mario Party with them. Uh, there was a couple of years that I actually went and bought like an Amazon Fire TV. So that way we could stream Crunchyroll to it. Um, I think we had the Wii for some of it as well. But... I think this year we just kind of like, we got a bunch of drinks and we were like, yeah, we're going to have fun. And we go to turn on the TV and the TV doesn't work. And this is one of Jaleel's like defining stories of me. Like if my defining story of him was him bullying me in high school, his defining story of me is this glorious, like completely blonde IT moment I had where I... Had like so we're sitting there we're like trying to figure out like is the remote broken like does it have batteries it does so we go and we try to turn on the TV physically and the power isn't going to it it's just like okay well we're sitting there for a minute I'm like do we call somebody like what do we do and he's like we'll check the cord I'm like you know uh, maybe <laughs> in this shining fucking moment of my life you know new IT guy over here. Uh, well, maybe they turn off the TVs during certain times of the day, so that way they can, you know, reserve power and all that shit. And on God, Jaleel gave me the most this motherfucker look. And he gave, he, I will fully admit this, he gave me an opportunity to save myself. And I just absolutely didn't. He like, he's like, you know why don't you just check the power? Like, maybe the cord fell out. I'm like, and I just doubled down on this fucking thing. I'm like, you don't know. I've been reading this new study that says, like, you know, power consumption just in idle applications is a lot. So maybe they just turn off the... And he's like, Seth, check the cord. Like, he is now looking at me like, I cannot fucking believe how stupid you are. And I'm like, it's not gonna matter. And, like, I go and I turn around and <laughs> I see the fucking thing unplugged. And I'm just like, no, no, please. So, like, you know, I try and do, like, some little shuffle to get him to look away. And then he hears me plug it in. He's like, so the cord was unplugged, wasn't it, Seth? I'm just like, shut the fuck up. He grilled me for the longest on that. But, you know, it didn't even last, like, more than, like, ten minutes. You know, before he goes into the bathroom... And he comes out, <laughs> like, I will never forget how he did it. He goes in, he's like, man, I, I need to go to the bathroom. I, I can't stand to look at you for a second. He goes into the bathroom, he goes, and I notice there's no fly. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way, there's no fucking way this toilet's broken too, right? And, like, he comes out and he looks at me and he's like, Seth. The, the the toilet won't flush. I'm like, what? Did you clog it up? And he's like, no, no, like it, it literally will not flush. So I go in there, and for whatever reason, the plunger on it 
became disconnected. There was no water, like, in the back tank. So I assume, you know, somebody was probably cleaning it and just didn't, you know, put the plunger back on the little lever. So I'm like, oh, I got this. So I turn on the water, and I put the plunger on, and I flush down the toilet. And, you know, I just, at that point, we had defined how that con was going to go for us. And it honestly was, like, for our first official con being out and about ourselves as, like, quote-unquote adults, we had a lot of fun. Like, we definitely got into more shenanigans than they care to admit. Um, but, it, and like, it wasn't as crazy as we thought it'd be either. Uh, because here's the thing, is there's three major cons that really go on in the Atlanta area. There's MomoCon, which is, you know, the one that I'm talking about this time. Um, which has kind of become more of a family-friendly type ordeal. So it's not as, like, you know, you can't have alcohol on the floor kind of thing. Um, you know, no drinks permit, or no outside drinks kind of thing. Uh, the panels they allow are typically very family-friendly. Um, but then on the stark contrast, you have, like, Anime Week in Atlanta that happens in the fall. And that one is just balls to the walls insane like i love anime week in atlanta if i could only go to one con for my entire life that would be the one just because like again in stark contrast uh anime week in atlanta there are people selling like mixed drinks on the floor and it is so chill to just be able to walk around with a drink and just talk with people and like there's usually dance circles going on everywhere and the rave is just so much better oh my god that was something i I should have told you all about that. Usually anime cons have like big music parties or raves. Like that's how I started shuffling. That's why I like practiced my shuffling four. So that way when I got pushed into the music circle, I didn't look like a fool. Oh God, it was so much fun. Ah, I love dancing. Anyway, <laughs> but, and then there's one more con. It's called Station Con that honestly, I don't know if they still do. You know, now that I think about it, usually happens around, you know, early winter time of year. Um, I know for a while, like, it wasn't the biggest con in the area, but they were growing. Uh, you know, after after I finish recording, I'll have to, I, you know, ah, God, here's a, here's a side tangent for you. Um, I've started to take, like, notes during stream. Like, I'm not sure if you guys heard it all last stream, but I had, like, a little sheet of paper in my hand. And I was just, like, making little notes on the side of, like, oh, I need to email these people. Or I need to, uh, you know, look up into this information and see what I can't find. So, yeah, no, I'm just jotting down StationCon real quick. Hopefully y'all didn't hear the scratching. I'm, I was watching the uh, audio mixer, and I don't think y'all were even remotely close to hearing it. But who knows? Um, anyway, God, now you guys are going to be listening to, like, every episode. Like, where's the scratching noise? Like, oh, God. What if I started, like, ah, oh God, I'm on so many different ta- tangents right now. I'm just, I'm having so much fun with this. Um, but just imagine, like, if I started doing, like, a special noise or something in the middle of podcasts you had to listen for, and whoever gave me that answer first, like, at the exact timestamp where it was, you know, they got, like, a prize or something. Like, yo, if I get big into podcasting, I'm gonna do that shit. It's just gonna be, like, a little ting. And then, you know, whoever reports it first gets, like, I don't know, like five bucks, who knows? Some Blooms cast merch, you know? God. Ah, oh, imagine if I had merch. Oh, I don't even know what I do. <laughs> I don't even have official merch from like like the Twitch channel or anything. But anyway, I've gone on such a far ass tangent that I need to bring it back around. So, 
Uh, this following story is another one of my favorites. This one actually stars Adam with us, you know, and, like, it's funny. Uh, Adam, as far as anime cons go, like, I have so many interesting stories with him just because Adam is not a big anime con guy. Like, over the past couple of years, he has come out, he came out a couple of times, but he ultimately decided, like, yeah, no, anime cons are just not for me. And, like, he just gradually fell out of it. He'd come through for a day, you know, sparingly if he wanted to, or he had nothing really major he wanted to do. Um, especially if there was, like, something at the con that he wanted to see, he'd come out. Or he, if he was looking for a figure, like, that's another thing about anime cons, too, is a lot of people will go for these cons just so they can, like, go to what's known as the dealer's alley. Or, yeah, no, dealer's alley. Where, or no... Dealer's Hall or Artist Alley. I combined the two of them. And there's also a couple of cons that have like a uh, Friday fun sale, like a garage sale type-esque thing where everybody comes together and they sell all their stuff. And so that way they have extra money to buy shit at the con. <laughs> and you can usually like get some really good deals. But um, there's some shit that you will find at anime cons that you will sometimes get cheaper just to buy at the con. Others like... Like, me personally, I'm not a big figure guy, but I loved importing, like, Japanese games because it helped me practice, you know, the language. And there was this one seller that I'd always go to that this dude ended up becoming, like, the centralized core to a lot of my purchases at anime cons. Like, this dude had Symphogear merch, so my old roommate was all about it. Uh, This dude had, like... Um, rhythm game, like, dan- or, uh, controllers, like, he always had these Project Diva controllers that look right from the arcade, and Ayo, I've always wanted one. But I don't play Project Diva that seriously to warrant it, and I don't think I've improved my, you know, playing with it. I still look at them so fondly, and I'm like, I want you. But I'd usually go and buy, like, PS Vita games when the Vita was still alive and well, um... So, like, I bought stuff like Fancy Star Online 2, like, the physical copies of that. I have a couple of those game cards. Um, I bought a couple of PSP games from them. Like, I think I bought Soro no Toshimono. I feel like that was one that I bought. Uh, Ikitosen had a game that I bought from him. And I was just, oh, and there was, um, every now and again, he'll have, like, box sets of things that have, like, figures put in. So I have, like, a Vita game of, uh... Is This Order a Rabbit, you know, the cafe management game that came out. I have a couple of the Love Lives that, you know, the rhythm games that came out for Vita. Like, honestly, that dude, dude himself is not that the friendliest guy. I've talked with him a number of times. Um, but he has, like, a bunch of Toho shit, too, so I respect him, you know? <laughs> but it's just, like, I get it. He's tired. Like, I've talked to, and that's the interesting thing, too, is I'll tell you all later on, um... But talking to people as a con-goer and then as a seller or a panelist, you see so many different sides of people. Like, when you get behind the curtains and you don't have to, you know, put on the happy face to sell shit, ooh, my God, you hear so many things. And it's so fucking delicious. I love it. Absolutely love it. But anyway, that that's later on. Anyway, good old Adam and I, like, this is probably... 2014 or so, we're staying at the Westin, which is kind of an infamous hotel in Atlanta because 
this hotel at the very top has a restaurant known as the Sundial. Now, what makes the Sundial unique is the top floor used to rotate. Notice how I said used to. (laughs) It wasn't because of, like, some kind of physical issue. What happened was, uh, and we found this out at the con, because Adam and I wanted to go up there. Like, I have had this mad fascination with the sundial, because not only is this place, like, super expensive, like, it's 50 bucks a meal, um, but I've always wanted to go up there with, you know, whoever I was, like, super serious about, and I'm planning to take Miss Jules up there, um, because that's how I know I've made it in life. Like, I've been promised so many times, like, as a kid that we were going to go there. Like, my mom would take me so I could experience it. I never had the opportunity to. So I have this, like, overly romantic, you know, fascination with it. And I just want to go and have a meal there and be like, and sit there and be like, damn, I finally fucking made it in life. So, you know, I was going to have that moment with Adam. uh, Not to imply, (laughs) you know, not to imply anything with Adam, like, this was before I decided, like, you know, I'm. it was morally a fascination at that point, not a romantic, like, oh, yeah, no, I want to bring a partner up here kind of thing. But we were going to go up there and, like, have a drink. And we go up to the elevator, because in order to get up there, you have an elevator that's on the bottom floor that goes all the way up to, you know, the sundial. And we go up there and... We're sitting there, we eventually get up to, you know, the receptionist, and I'm like, yeah, no, we'd like to uh, go up there for a short amount of time, you know, can we, like, is it possible, do we have to make a reservation, and she basically told me, like, reservations at that point were, like, you know, a month or two off or something like that, because it was just a very busy time of year, and she's like, oh yeah, and uh, you do know the restaurant doesn't spin anymore, because I made the comment to Adam, like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I really wanted to show you the spinning restaurant. She's like, yeah, no, you you know this doesn't spin anymore, right? And I, like, looked dumbfounded. And she's like, yeah, no, um, a couple of years ago, or, like, I think at that point, it was a couple of months ago, uh, there was an accident involving, like, a little boy who either got his hand or his head stuck between the rotating part of the restaurant and the wall And it just smashed that part of him. I think it was his head because it killed him. And, you know, obviously there's a bunch of signage all around that says don't fucking go anywhere near there. But it happened and to avoid a lawsuit, I think they had to kill the restaurant, like the spinning feature of it altogether. So, you know, thanks to one idiot mom not paying attention to their fucking kids my my made it restaurant is now halved <laughs> it's still supposedly like a very gorgeous view but anyway in my disappointment in the hotel lobby there's a starbucks so adam like takes me over to the starbucks cuz i am distraught i'm like dude let's let's go get some coffee real fast and you know what they had at starbucks the taste of summer You know why I call it the taste of summer? Because they had the s'mores frappuccino with a graham cracker straw. Yes, that's right, folks. This story is called I Still Miss the Graham Cracker Straw because, A-O, they don't have the graham cracker straw anymore. It makes me so fucking sad, yo. I want it. Like, there are cookies very similar to it that you can get out there. But it's not the same. It's not the same, man. Anyway, 
So they had the s'mores frappuccino. And, like, I swear to God, Adam and I probably got, like, five of those in that, like, one three-day weekend-type event. Probably more than that. Because, like, I feel like every time I passed by there, I got a s'mores frappuccino. Maybe it was because I was saddened by my revelation. But that thing was really fucking good. I can't tell you how they made it. But I know for a fact they didn't use, like, traditional whipped cream on top. They had, like, this marshmallow fluff cream. Oh my god, it was so fucking good. And, like, that just became the taste of summer for me. Like, I will always, anytime I have a s'mores frappuccino, I will flash back to sitting in that hotel lobby next to the water feature, sitting with Adam across the way, as we just shoot the shit about life. Like, I... It's such just, like... Even though the story at all had, like, a little depressing outcome... I just always remember that time, and I, I I cherish it. You know, it's to a time that was like a lot of a lot of you know growing up, I guess. And even like to this day, like I said, as I have them sparingly, I just always think back. I'm like, man, these things are never as good because they don't have the Graham Crackers draw. But <laughs> anyway, so I got one more hotel bound or hotel based story for y'all. Alright, this one's titled, Love Bound Blooms Burns. Now, this one I know for a fact we talked about during that one cooking stream, but for the people that missed it, this was your boy straight out on, like, a simping journey. Like, I'm not gonna say I was head over heels for this one girl, but I was. To some degree. Um, so, I had, like... In the years prior, so th- I believe this was around 2017 or so, uh, but in the maybe 2016, maybe 2015, I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, in the years prior, uh, I had made a con friend who was a f- like mutual friend of a couple other friends. Uh, we'll just call her Jennifer, all right? And Jennifer and I had been, you know, we kept in contact every now and again through Facebook, the rare times I would use Facebook back in the day, and... We would, you know, like, I met her at, like, Station Con 2013 or so, maybe 2014. So I've known her for this point for a couple of years. And for whatever reason, this year we start, like, something just clicks between us, and we're super flirty with one another. So at the very beginning, you know, it's me and my friends, like, five of my friends and her. And we're all walking together. We're in the game section of the con, like, there's a bunch of arcade games to the right, and there's, you know, card games to the left, board games, all that shit, and we're just sitting in the common area in between stuff, you know, in between all that, and, like, I feel like the tournament room, because they were going to go watch uh, her play, or other people play Smash Bros, because we have friends that are participating in the tournament, and what made this year so unique was this was the first year I ever cosplayed. And to date, it is my only cosplay. Uh, I cosplayed as Little Mac from, you know, Brawl. Because I figured it was an easy enough cosplay. And I saw how excited everybody got. So, like, I did my hair up. Uh, I got the wife beater. Like, the black wife beater. The green boxing gloves. Like, hell, if you ever look in uh, the back of the room during streams, you might still see those green boxing gloves, I still use them to this day, um, but I had, like, a pair, a pair of, like, black boxing shoes, and, like, the light, or the green, 
uh, green basketball shorts, and I had the uh, full uh, pink jumpsuit setup kind of thing, or the uh, fucking sweatpants and sweatshirt. Like, I had all of it. But the one problem about that, uh, that one problem about that cosplay was I had no fucking pockets. So I had all my stuff in, like, the complimentary bag they gave us. And Jaleel had the bag. Because, like, I had just taken some photos with some people, like, and that was so cool. Like, I love doing cosplays uh, just because, or just doing the one cosplay and, like, helping others do theirs. But I love doing it because everybody is just so, like, excited to be a part of different photo shoots and all. And, like, meeting a bunch of different people that way, it's just a lot of fun. And I'm, like, I'm still debating uh, whether or not I'm going to cosplay over at Anime Week in Atlanta this year. I know I can't do it for Momocon this year because I, unfortunately, have the business trip literally the week of before. And so I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to try and do anything. Like, I had, to pe- I had to pitch whatever plans I had. Plus, I'm looking for the new apartment, so honestly, the least amount of sh- or the less amount of stress I could put on myself prior to the month of May, the better. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Jaleel had my stuff. I had just taken like all these photos, and I was sitting talking with Danny, and we're going back and forth. I think at one point, like I'm leaned over, uh, I'm leaned over the table or whatever that we're sitting at, and she's just like scratching my head or like patting my back or something because my buddies just ultimately up and leave they're like hey we're gonna go watch you know some smash and i'm like all right i'll meet you all over there so they end up walking away leaving jennifer and i together right and so we're sitting there and we're flirting with each other and she's like hey you know i'm gonna go there's this panel i want to go watch you know why don't you walk with me over there i'm like sure so i walk her over there and mind you i still don't have like the only thing i have on me is my badge that's it and so I walk her over there and drop her off. And she's like, hey, you know, why don't you come over to my hotel uh, in a couple of hours? Like, after all this is said and done and we can hang out at the pool. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm about this. And mind you, I had just gotten out of, like, a relationship um, probably. Like, if I'm thinking logistically through all this... Uh, this might have been 2016, because I know I wasn't dating anybody at that point. Um, or 2015. Nah, the fuck, I don't, I don't fucking know. Anyway, regardless, I wasn't dating anyone at that point, so it was super cool to, like, feel confident enough to be like, oh yeah, no, I'd love to hang out with you. And then, like, I have my head in the clouds, and then I realize, I don't have my bag. Like, Jaleel has my bag and all my shit, including my water. Now, I don't know about y'all, but fucking, like, Atlanta gets hot, right? And I can't handle heat well. Like, it was probably with the sun beating down on the concrete. I would say at some points of that trip, it was closer to, like, 100 or so. And, like, I absolutely hated the following four hours like I swear to fuck I somehow got separated from them at like maybe one o'clock or so and I didn't find them until like the sun was starting to go down because I was like I was starting to get into a blind panic because I couldn't get into the hotel room I had no identification to be like hey yo you know my name's Seth 
like, I'm staying in this room, you know, so on and so forth. Can I get a key? Can somebody buzz me up? Because it's one of those hotels where you have to press the key card against the thing to go up. And I can't just, like, lurk around the hotel until somebody, you know, lets me up like a fucking creeper. So I just keep making laps because I go back to the smash room. I can't find them. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll, you know, I'll just walk back to the hotel and go from the, like, I'll call my phone from there. And, you know, I'm sure Jaleel would pick up my phone. And so I go back to the hotel. It's like a mile walk or so in the blazing hot sun. And I, they don't have a fucking phone I can use. Like straight out, I pick up the phone and it's like, oh, you can dial room service or you can dial a room, but you can't fucking dial out. And I'm sitting there like, are you fucking shitting me? And of course, I'm like, at this point, because of my concern, I don't remember the room number we're in. Like, I can physically see it in my head where, like, how to get there and what button to hit, but I couldn't tell you the room number. So, and like, I don't have my phone to check the number. I don't have my wallet to, you know, say which room is ours. Like, I'm like, oh, you gotta be fucking shitting me. So I'm like, what do I do? So at this point, I'm thinking, well, maybe if I just go back to the con, I can, you know, run into them there. Like, maybe they're back to the smash room. Maybe it's cleared up a little bit. So I walk back over there, and I make the mistake of drinking, like, this really hot water. So there's this central area in, like, Atlanta where uh, water, like, there's a kind of water fountain that shoots up from the ground right around the aquarium and the World of Coke. It's really cool. I want to say it's Centennial Park, but I don't think that's the right name. Um, it's a really cool water feature, but it, like, right around there, there's, like, water fountains, and of course, because it's so fucking hot, like, I absolutely can't drink any of the water worth a damn, because I press down on the water thing, the water that comes out of it is so scalding hot, because these are metal water fountains that I'm practically burning myself to drink water. So either I risk dehydration in the blazing hot sun, or I burn myself drink by drinking the water. So of course I drank the fucking water, which does not help my situation at all. I make the lap back over to the, you know, where the convention was happening. I'm looking around for my buddies. I can't find them fucking anywhere. And so I'm like, okay, maybe if I explain the situation to the hotel, like I can, I can give them all the information they need. At this point, I notice that I am starting to go down. Like physically, I am dehydrated from being out in the sun so much. I, you know, I haven't had any fucking water that's worth anything. Um, the con itself is high, you know, no AC was really coming through. I end up finding uh, Jennifer again, and I'm like, hey, you know, can I borrow your phone real quick? And I try calling my phone a couple of times, and, you know, she's like, well, you know, I, I hope you find your friends. And I'm like, yeah, no, thank you. Because she looks at me, and I'm like, damn near exhausted. And, like, I, looking back on it, I wish, uh, I wish... I had been, you know, smart enough to be like, hey, can I just stay at your room for a little bit until I can find my buds? But at the same time, like, I knew I wasn't, like, looking anywhere healthy, so I didn't want to impose myself. And, like, I don't impose myself on people like that. But, because I'm, like, always afraid of, you know, 
being like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling well, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, like, I hate, I hate being a burden, and I didn't want to be a burden to her. So I continued on near death. <laughs> Decided that was going to be my uh, hill to die on. <laughs> and die I almost did. Like, seriously, I was so sick afterwards. Um... So I'm, like, struggling to climb up the hill to get back to the hotel to explain what's going on to them. And I look across the street, and I see all of my friends, and I go ballistic. Like, I have probably never run faster in my life across oncoming traffic to go and deck some motherfuckers. And as I get, like, I call out, I think I call out Jaleel's name, and, like... A couple of the other buddies, like, I just yell out their names, and I just start booking it towards them. And they had the fucking audacity to get mad at me, like, oh, where were you? We were in the hotel room waiting for you. I went ballistic for, like, five seconds. I was like, how the fuck do you expect me to go up onto the hotel room? And I started to faint. Like, thankfully, I caught myself, and, you know, my buddies kind of, like, I think Keith actually was the one that uh, lent me his shoulder so that way I could get up to the hotel room. And he, had, he sat there with me for a couple of hours after the fact because I, like, straight out died <laughs> for a few hours because um, they had stuff they had to do at the con. But I, ooh, they had the fucking audacity to be like, where were you? So, like, I get up to the hotel room. I don't know if I threw up right when I got there from dehydration because I was just, like, dry heaving. But I know for a fact I struggled to, you know, get into the bed. And then when I did, I, oh, God. Not only did I pass out near immediately, but I was in pain when I passed out because I had gotten one of the worst sunburns on my back. Because, mind you, all I have is a wife beater on. So, like, you could take off the straps And you would just see the most perfect, like, cooked red lines down my back of where everything was. And, dude, oh, God, it hurt like a motherfucker. It was so bad. But, you know, thankfully we had Gatorade and all. So, you know, Keith sat with me for a few hours. Like, when I eventually woke up, it was well into nighttime. And, like, I wanted to go back to the column because I think that was, like, one of the first years they were doing 24 hours. And I physically could not move. Like, I was so exhausted. I was drinking Gatorade. I was chugging water. Uh, Thankfully, by, like, day two after a full night's sleep, I was good to go. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm I'm never trusting y'all fuckers with my shit again. Um, And, yeah, no. Like, to this day, like, Jaleel still will be like, well, that was your fault for hanging with Jennifer. And I'm like, nah, homie. You had my shit. Y'all walked away from me with my shit. <laughs> I suffered because y'all, you know, had to watch me flirt. And honestly, I kind of I kind of understand it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So I've told y'all three stories now about hotel life. Let me tell you three more stories about uh, me going to cons, like, as a con-goer, as a seller, and as a panelist, right? So these aren't, you know, necessarily about the con I was at, but my events before and after. So, and during for some of them. So, 
Let me tell you one of the most wild, like, stories I could ever give about anime cons. Alright? So, Jaleel, I think it was Jaleel, a buddy of mine, and I had gone to Dragon Con together, right? And we had, we honestly had, like, a really good, like, time together. It was our first con. Um, I have never gone back to Dragon Con since, just because I'm more of an anime guy. I can fully admit that. I'm not, I've never seen Star Wars. I've never seen Star Trek. So, like, and I'm not into D&D or anything like that. So, a lot of the stuff that goes on at Dragon Con, I'm not interested in. Plus, those fuckers get wild. Like, the drinks and all they toss around at that place, whoo! Not for me whatsoever. But anyway, I end up going over there. Uh, we, like, me, my buddy and I basically hang together the entire time. Jaleel goes off and finds some of his friends. And, you know, we all got a ride there. So I'm thinking, you know, we're going to leave together, right? No. So <laughs> this story wouldn't be interesting if we all left together. So, at one point, we're getting ready to leave. I think we agreed to, like, get picked up at, like, 10 o'clock or so. And uh, we text Jaleel, and we're like, hey, you know, our ride's going to be here at this time. Are you going to be, like, are you going to, like, where are you going to meet us? And Jaleel's like, oh, uh, I'm going to stay at the con, man. Like, I, I, I know a couple of people here. They have a hotel room. I'm just going to hang with them. I'm like, and I'll just leave in the morning before my parent, like, because his parents were out of town or something like that. So I'm like, all right, man, like, if that's what you want to do, that's what you'll do. So fast forward to the next morning. It is like seven in the morning, and I am hearing like boom, 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 boom against my front door. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? So I get up. Because my room, like, my room on my old house was, on, like, basically on top of the door frame. Um, you know, so I could hear the door knocking much sooner before my parents. So I go downstairs, and Jaleel's mom is sitting at the door. And I'm like, what the fuck? And she's like, hello, Seth. Where, Where's where's Jaleel? And I'm like, uh, uh what do you mean? And he, she's like, uh, he was supposed to, like, he was supposed to come home last night. Where is he? Or did he not come home with you? And I'm like, no, he said he had his own ride. And, you know, he was gonna, uh, he was gonna stay over there a little bit later and just head back in the morning, like, after everything was said and done. And she's like, I need you to call him, because he is not answering the phone. So I call him a couple of times. He doesn't answer for me. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like, I think my friend's gone missing. And at this point, you know, his mom's, like, in my uh, in my parents' place. Like, I'm explaining the situation to my parents. And we're sitting there trying to figure out, like, what to do. Because none of, like, I've messaged my friend. I'm like, hey, did you hear from Jaleel? And he's like, nah, I haven't heard shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so, you know, like I said, Jaleel's parents was supposed to be out of town. Uh, they were supposed like they were leaving the day we were going to Dragon Con, so Jaleel knew that and decided to stay out an extra night. And his parents, you know, decided to stay the night to make sure he got home okay. And when he didn't get home, like they came over to my place at seven in the fucking morning after I had been out late, you know, because I stayed up late as fuck after that con. And I'm just like, bro, what the fuck? This is goddamn ridiculous. 
And so eventually, as like as we're getting to the point of like calling the con itself and calling hotels and being like, hey, we need to put in like a missing person report and like getting the fire department and all that shit involved, I get a phone call from this man. And he's like, hey man, I- I'm sorry, I was asleep. And I'm like, hey yo, your mom is at my house. When I say Jaleel woke up in a flash, he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, no, your mom is here. And I could hear her from the other room. She's like, Seth, let me speak to let me speak to uh, Jaleel. And I'm like, oh dude, you're fucked. Like you are fucked. So she goes, she gets on the phone with him. She goes outside and just starts reprimanding him. I don't remember everything that was said, but she's like, you need to get home right now. We're going to have a conversation about this. Like, blah, 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 blah. And she gives me back the phone, and I'm like, dude, are you good? And he's like, yeah, no, I'll be home soon. I'm like, well, just text me when you get home. And, dude, oh, oh, it was so bad. I think he got, I don't know if he got grounded, because I don't think we were, I don't think we were at the age where grounding even worked anymore. (laughs) But he definitely got in some serious trouble. It was honestly fucking hilarious, you know, looking back at it. Now, let me tell you about how I was a seller at a con. And actually almost had uh, almost got this opportunity to travel the states and sell with a convention. So this was like 2018 or so. I want to say Momocon. And like these last two stories are probably about 2018 or so. But... I was manning the table for Puyo Nexus, um, which was the English Puyo Puyo fan community that I helped run. Like, I was one of the lead PR people. I think, honestly, I was one of the only PR people. So I would be the one to get in contacts with conventions and submit panels and shit. And ultimately, we, like, went, like, I went through all these different hurdles so that way we could be at these things for free. And it was honestly, like, a lot of fun in itself being the pan, like, being a panelist later on in the year, but also having a booth. So, and honestly, I might be blending two different stories together, because for one year, we were a panelist at both conventions, and I think we had a booth for either one of them or both of them. I can't entirely remember. It's a little foggy. But anyway, so we, as, you know booth holders we got to go into the dealer's room before anybody like really got in there so you had all the dealers sitting around setting up all their stock and it was cool watching this like whole empty room come to life as like anime merch of all different colors filled the walls and you know here we are this little startup um getting ready to advertise Puyo Puyo and like and the panel of course so we had like a little competition going on. I'm pretty sure I can still find the photo where it's like, uh, play Puyo Puyo against, you know, the person sitting at the table. And if you win, you get a prize. Or if you beat this high score, because we had two setups. We had one that was doing marathon mode and the other that was, you know, play against the person sitting at the table. And if you win, you got a prize. But anyway, I ended up like... I started talking to this dude who ran, like, this plush shop kind of thing. I don't remember what his store name is now. But I ended up talking to, like, a bunch of different people that had different storefronts because at one point, like, the store owners would just walk around and just, like, talk to people. And because I was the one kind of sitting at the table the most, getting things all set up, um, 
I got to talk to a lot of different people. And it was super chill, because, like, some older people would come up and be like, Oh, I've never seen you at this con before. You, a uh, new shop or whatever. Oh, Puyo Nexus. And it's just like, it was so relaxing to have, like, a conversation prior to. And I will say this. Our stallmates, like, the people to the left and right of us, were so cool. Like, one was some bookseller. Like, not, like, an actual book. Like, not, like, a Barnes & Noble or something like that, or, you know, a reseller of books. But, like, he was a published author, and he was selling his own books. Um, he was really cool. I fell out of contact with him shortly thereafter. But we would trade jokes throughout the day. And then to the left was, like, this kind of grocery store-type place uh, that was selling snacks and, you know, keychains and all. They were super sweet. But, anyway... I'm doing all this stuff, and this guy comes around from, you know, the store that ultimately ends up dragging me into it at the end of the story. But he's like, he comes up, and he's like, hey, you know, you're new. Tell me about what you're doing here. Like, what's Puyo Nexus? So I give him the full elevator speech, and I tell him what we're doing and who I am. And he's like, huh, well, you know, um, I really hope you do well, and I uh, hope to see you during the con. I'm like, yeah, man, like, thank you. So, fast forward a little bit, I've manned the table now for, like, I've done my day, basically, where I've manned the table for X amount of hours, and so now I get to walk around the dealer's hall, and I walk by this dude's store, and he's got a massive fucking store. He's got, like, anime, uh, or he's got full-on anime DVDs, he's got figures, he's got... Uh, plushies, he's got a whole bunch of wall scrolls, like, he probably had one of the biggest stalls in the event, and I can tell dude is struggling, and he looks over at me, and he has this sign up, too, he's like, help during the con make, you know, X amount per hour, I think it was like 25 bucks an hour, and he's like, hey, you're, you're from Boyle Nexus, right, and I'm like, yeah, that's me, and he's like, yeah, you're, you're Seth, that, that, that's your name, Hey, come help me real quick. I'm like, all right, sure. So I ended up working with him for like two hours or so because eventually I was like, you know, calmed down enough. And he's like, hey, you know, go enjoy your con. Like, thank you so much for your help. Here's 50 bucks. Um, But it was super interesting being on the flip side, like being from a, you know, kind of conversationalist talking about a programmer or whatever or the Puyo Nexus and trying to advertise the group to just selling shit to people and just having like full on conversations. Like it's uh, thankfully, I think at that point I was already working retail. So I had that mindset of, Hey, how's it going? You know, and I could talk to people really easily, but I will say this. Some of you anime con motherfuckers have no people skills. Like there is one dude I remember that came up and he's like, he didn't even, like, really say anything. He's like, I want that. And he points. And I look, and I'm like, oh, you're talking about this figure. And he's like, no, that. And he points at the similar location. I'm like, can you just tell me what you want? And he's like, that. And I'm like, okay. So I just, like, start. I do that thing where you take your hand, and you're, like, hovering it over shit. And he's just shaking his head, no, 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 yes. I'm like, awesome. So I grab it. I, you know give him, or I sell it to him, and I'm just sitting there like, man, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> like, and he didn't even say thank you or please, he's just like, that. I'm like, yeah, man, I got you, homie, whatever you want. 
Um, but no, I ended up being there for like two hours. And it, like, he gave me his business card and he's like, hey, I'm going to need more support through, you know, more cons going forward. Uh, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm currently working retail and I'm doing IT at my university um, to, you know, cover out my expenses through college. So that way, you know, I'm not having to pay out as much. And he's like, you know what? I really respect it. Uh, I want you to work with me. Here's my card. I'm going to give me your phone number. I'm going to text you in like a week or so. I want you to come work with me. Like, I want you to come have an interview with my business partner. I want you to like, come do this with me. I'm like, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I'm down. So of course this is like me thinking, oh, well I'll just, I'll leave, you know, IT job or retail job and whichever one like would pay less in comparison. And honestly, it was such a unique interview process. So after the fact, after I'd sold, and I can't tell you how much shit I sold, but I really, I learned that I really like being in those fast paced environments because some people will absolutely come talk to you for a couple of minutes. Like, Oh, you know, I like this show. Uh, what do you recommend from this? Like, I see you have a couple of wall scrolls. And of course I knew more anime back then. Honestly, to this day, I could probably still do the position just don't tell me character names. Like, just tell me the show names. I'll be like, oh, that person. Or, you know, just just hit me with Hatsune Miku, and I'll hit you with, like, ten different <laughs> ten different posters. Like, yeah, well, you have this one. You have Miku 2, Miku 3. Miku 4 is really cute. But, regardless. Um, so, the interview for that one was really, like, I'm going to bundle this story in here, too. Because this was honestly my favorite interview I've ever had. So... He invites me to this tea place in, you know, I guess northeast Georgia. I can't remember where it was. I can remember vaguely in my head. I think the place was called Sugar or something like that. But anyway, it's like this traditional tea place that sells coffee and all that other stuff. And very cafe-esque setting. Very relaxing. Um, Definitely was the spark of my love of cafes. But... I go in there, and he meets me at the door, and he's like, hey, uh, my business partner's in the back. I'm going to let you know, or I'm going to let him know that you're here. Uh, here's my, or here's 20 bucks. Go buy whatever you want to eat and drink. And I'm like, oh, shit, thanks. So I go, I get a coffee, and of course, because, like, that's the thing, too, is, like, I felt bad using somebody else's money, and I was just like, all right, I'm just going to buy myself, like, a green tea latte and call myself a day. And so I go, I order it, I get it, and I give him like 15 bucks back. And he looks at me and he's like, oh, why are you giving me change? And I'm like, well, you know, I felt bad. Like my coffee was only like four bucks. I think I actually gave him like 10 back and I'm like, and I tipped the rest, you know, to the barista because they were super kind and like walked me through the menu. And he's like, oh, well, thank you. Most people don't, you know, give me money back. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's your money. So I have this full-on interview. They tell me that in order to do this job, I would basically be traveling uh, a good considerable amount of time. They had a warehouse in the area that they managed, and they wanted somebody to do, like, IT logistics and, you know, basically manage inventory, help them develop some type of stocking system, so on and so forth. 
and, you know, travel with them to different conventions and help sell. And in return, I would make part of commissions. Um, I would make hourly when I was working the warehouse. And I would be reimbursed for every mile that I drove, even though I'm driving the company car. So, like, or the company truck, rather. So, I would, I had the opportunity at that point to travel across the United States. And I sat there, I'm like, I'm going to have to think about this. And ultimately, I decided I couldn't do it because I was getting closer towards, like, the more serious parts of college for my, you know, major and all. And I didn't want, like, I wanted to go travel around. And honestly, thinking back on it, I wanted to do it. But it didn't, like, I feel like it would have exhausted me that much more. Plus, I would have had to drive into, like, this remote location that's, like, a good hour or so away. (laughs) Now, mind you, I'm doing that now. But, yo, I'm not fucking going to school at the same time. (laughs) But anyway, no, like, and this is before the times of work from home. But I, I was really interested in it. It would have paid decently. It wouldn't have been enough for me to leave the retail job, though. And that was the problem. Like, it would cover the IT job. But the IT job worked so well with what I was already doing because I worked the IT job on the days I went to school. So it was basically free money to sit at the university and do work and then do my homework. So why wouldn't I do that? So unfortunately, I had to turn it down. And, like, I occasionally will get a message every now and again from those guys not you know reaching out to me directly but I'll see them on Facebook talking about oh we're going to this con so I'm I'm glad they're doing well uh every now and again I think about reaching out to them and being like hey you know if you want some remote help I will gladly do it for like you know x amount and like the one thing that kind of threw me off too was the food and all like I would have uh, they would cover my hotel room, they would cover my, you know, badge, but food and all was basically out of my pocket after, like, 50 bucks. And let's be fair, a lot of cons overcharge the shit out of food, like, straight out, a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich that usually runs you, like, three bucks on its own was, like, eight bucks. And they know they can do it, because it's so easy, and it's right there. And I'm like, yeah, nah, mm. And there's a couple other things that kind of threw me off. Like, there was no benefits. And did I really need another set of benefits? No. But at the same time, if I am out doing, you know, out-of-state work, and I get hurt on the job, what the fuck happens then? So, you know. Anyway, the last story I really want to talk to you all about, though, is when I was a panelist uh, for Puyo Nexus. So, this one was kind of interesting in itself, too, because... uh, in comparison to being a seller, being a panelist, like you were up front a bunch in front of a bunch of people, uh, getting ready to do like a full, it's like a class presentation. And of course, because Puyo wasn't that big of a franchise and like Puyo Tetris had only just been, you know, announced at this point that was coming to the West. Um, so like Puyo was not a big franchise by any means. We actually attracted a couple of people, from those conventions that have now become relatively large figureheads in the community, which has always been kind of like a highlight of the whole thing. Um, But yeah, no, it's basically just doing a whole class presentation in front of people. And I both loved and hated it. 
because anytime my panelist friends would mess up, I would step in to cover them. And then there are times where, like, I know I'm the social butterfly in that group. <laughs> I kind of had to be the be the PR guy. Um, but there were times where, like, they'd start mumbling, and I could tell people were losing interest, and then I'd, like, try to interject something into it. And, you know, they'd look at me and be like, that's not part of the script. And I'm just like, bruh, like, you got to be able to bounce off your feet. And so being a panelist and, like, leading into this as well is, you know, what I'm hoping to do if I get accepted for this panel. If not, you know, I'm going to apply for Anime Week in Atlanta and take a shot in that one. Um, but being a panelist, you have, like, these moderators that sit in the back and, like, time you and write notes about you. So that way, you know, if you ever have, like, if you ever decide to come back, uh, they have, like, a record of you. And so wild to me. Because when we first did our very first panel, the room was fucked. Like, there were technical issues out the ass. Because the room was not prepared for us. And we lost so much time because of that. And, and like, so many, like, protect... Or, potential people that were interested in the game uh because oh you know we had a little fucky wucky so you know when i think about it if i don't get the uh, momocon panel i'm not going to be that hurt by it because what ended up happening for that one is i ended up becoming the tech support for that room because momocon tech support didn't know what the fuck was going on what was wrong with things and I look at him at some point, like, hey, can I just step up and give you guys a hand? And he's like, no, no, we got this. I'm like, no, 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 no. For real. I'm IT. I've, I work IT for Mercedes. Let me give you a hand. And, you know, eventually, I think I ended up figuring out that the main problem was, like, a plug that they had wasn't giving, or wasn't getting power. And so everything else was just fucked because I was trying to take, you know, power from residual resources that was killing the entire system. And so, of course, after I do all this, like, they had the audacity to be like, oh, well, you know, you guys went like 15 minutes or like you're 15 minutes into your allotted panel time. So you guys have to cut your content. And I'm like, the fuck you mean? Like, we had like a whole tournament planned. Like, we had a meet and greet kind of thing with the rest of the group. Like, we absolutely got shafted. And that's one of the most frustrating things, too, is, like, when you have this opportunity to create this panel, like, we spent days, if not weeks, coming up with, like, what we wanted to talk about and how we wanted to talk about it and who would say what and so on and so forth. We had this whole presentation ready to go. And because of their shit IT you know, we ended up getting in trouble for it. And of course, you know, we ended up going over time. And, you know, at the end of it, like, in the next panelist is coming in and he's all pissed off. And because he's like a higher end returning panelist, like, they basically kicked us off the stage. And it's just like, at that point, I go and I talk to, you know, our uh, panelist supervisor. And I'm like, hey, you know, what was all that about? Like, we weren't given our full time. Like, we did the best we could do with the time that we had. But, you know, I don't think it's fair that you guys are writing us up for, you know, going over time. Because you guys cut, like, a significant chunk of our time out. I'm not saying we had, like, a two-hour panel. But I know for a fact we had at least, like, an hour, hour and 15, hour and a half. 
and the fact that they cut like 15 to 30 minutes out of it that we had to rush the whole fucking thing oh yeah no i was upset and i'm not saying you know maybe because of that experience they've got me written down on the side like there's this fucker named seth don't let him do a panel ever again but it's just like man that's the thing that like i will say that as a panelist like some cons will absolutely fuck you over and this is also coming from being able to talk to other panelists uh, during cons because uh, you usually get like a special badge that says like panelist or presenter or whatever. So other people will recognize you as this and they'll, and honestly, like a lot of people will chill out with you. And like when I was helping IT and I got to go, you know, talk with some people down at their IT staff, I could tell like a lot of people didn't know what the fuck they were on about. And then other people were having issues too. And it's just like, at that point, I consider volunteering to be a part of their IT team. To this day, I think about, you know, maybe volunteering as part of their IT team to be like, all right, guys, let's, you know, I'm the system admin here. I'm not going to boss you all around, but I need you to follow some set of rules. We need to have some type of like level-headed competency because people are relying on us. Like if I went, and this is the thing too. If I get this panel, right, and I get to go to MomoCon and be like, all right, you know, here's, I think I was doing a panel on how I turn my Twitch stream into a podcast or something, or something like that. But I, if I get this panel and I have technical issues, like, I'm not going to rely on, you know, their support team. Like, I know enough now as a presenter to be able to go off my own merit. And I hope to be able to entertain the crowd without all my visuals and shit. The thing that would annoy me the most is if I go and do this, I'm trying to promote my brand. Like, I am trying to do... Like, I want Bloom's cast to be in the ears of the listening public. And I want people to get more involved with the show. And I want to do more with the show. And if somebody dicks me over like that, ooh, lordy, lordy, lordy. I know I'm going to have issues. And I think, honestly, I'm writing this down on the side, too... Um, I think I wrote a review of Momocon as a panelist, and I was just like, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, y'all fucked up big time. I might go and try and find that. <laughs> but anyway, all right, I, I'm getting off on a heated tangent here, and that is honestly not the goal. But I will say this, if you are interested in being a panelist, like, by all means, go and do it. I think it is a wonderful time, um... I think you will get a different viewpoint into the world of, you know, anime cons and all. And I think it's, like, a really great way to get back with your community. If you want to do something, like, there's a couple of people that I go and see every year. Uh, There's the Fate Grand Order fan panel that I go and see. There's the Fate fan panel, like, Type Moon fan panel. I know uh, a couple of the guys that run it personally. Like, they were in my classes uh, in college. And, you know, one of them's, like, the brother of, like, one of my really close friends, too. Or at least used to be. Uh, not 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 saying he's not the brother, but like you know, I haven't talked to that friend in a long ass time. I hope he's doing well. But anyway, um, it's it's a really good experience, and I definitely recommend it if you are passionate enough about your topic, or you feel like your topic is not represented well at cons. Like I feel like if you have, and this is gonna be a fucked up thing to say, but if you have a niche topic, you're gonna have a harder time getting into it. Like. 
I know the Toho community has slowly been growing in presence at our cons, which I'm super excited about. Because, like, back in 2018, like, Zoom came to Anime Week in Atlanta, and it was so fucking cool. Like, oh, God, I got to see him in passing because I only got to go for a day. And I was so annoyed because I was just like, ah, because I had to work and nobody, nobody would cover my shift or whatever. Even though I asked off for it, and they're like, oh, you're going to call me in. I'm like, fuck you. Thankfully, I got promoted out of that position. But anyway, yeah, no, if you are, like, really passionate about what you do, and you want to go and, like, advertise yourself, by all means, I would recommend doing it. But do it in a way that allows you to build on other people's interest. Like, that's what I'm trying to do with, you know, the podcasting thing. Because I don't think I've ever seen a single podcasting-related, you know, panel. I think there is, you know, podcasters that go to these things. Like, I know Brain Scratch Commentaries. I don't know if they're a podcasting group. I know they're on YouTube. Uh, But they go to most Georgia-based cons. I've seen them a couple of times. I actually... And, like, the cool thing, too, is, like, if you become a panelist you might have the opportunity to rub shoulders with a couple of the other big names. Like, there was one point where I was in a, uh elevator with Aki Dearest, uh, the anime man, Joey, Gaijin Goomba, and there was somebody else. Uh, I think it was Gigic. Now that I'm kind of closing my eyes thinking about it. They all came to an anime con, or like an Atlanta con, and I, I knew who they were. But I didn't give them any, like, clearance that I knew who they were. Like, that's another thing, too. Is if you run into one of your, like, idols or something like that. Or, like, you're a fan of somebody. Don't go up to them like, oh, my God, you're so-and-so. I love you. You know, no. Like, I went up to, or I was in the elevator with them for a little while. Because it was so fucking crowded on those things. That they were basically going slow as fuck because we were breaking them with the amount of people that were trying to fit on them. And for whatever reason, I just managed to get on one that they were going to like one of the top floors. So I had like a good two, three minute conversation with them. But, you know, I walk in, they come in after me, I hold the door for them. And, you know, we're sitting there and I notice like they have the panelist things. They notice I have one. I'm like, oh, so how's the con going for you guys? And they kind of look at me funny, and they're like, do do you not know who we are? Like, that was literally what came out of one of the dude's mouths. I'm not going to say who. Um, You know what? Fuck it. I don't like the guy anyway. Gaijin said that. He's just like, do you not know who we are? Like, some pretentious fuck. (laughs) I'm sorry. But I... That was part of the reason I stopped watching Gaijin Goomba, because just the way he entered that conversation. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but, like, straight out, that's how you entered the conversation. I'm like, no, that... Like, my literal answer was, should I? And, like, all of them kind of heaved a collective sigh. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just, you know, here with Puyo Nexus. I'm doing X, Y, and Z, you know. And they're like, oh, you know, that's... Or, I know Puyo, yeah. So we had, like, this short little conversation there telling me how, you know, crazy... Like, they were going back to the hotel room to basically get some drinks and then go out and do autographs and shit. And at one point, they're like, do you want to come back to the room with us? And I'm just like, no, (laughs) no. Like it was more of a, do you want to come back, grab a drink before we go? And I'm just like, that just feels awkward. And I'm not doing that. (laughs) Like, that's the thing too, is I've rubbed shoulders with some big name people. 
um, especially in my like in the IT field, because I do tend to go to, you know, business events and all that shit. And I don't know these people. I don't know. And like, that's the cool thing, too, is a lot of these big name people that actually know their shit aren't going to act like they know their shit. So you can have like genuine conversations with people and it's like I had the opportunity to speak with I want to say I'm closing my eyes I'm thinking about it I'm thinking about it I want to say it was Intel I don't think that's right but there was a security group that came through that was affiliated with like base I want to say no it was HP I'm pretty sure it was HP cuz they had um they have an office here in Atlanta but I got to be a part of this big security conference kind of deal where a couple of my classmates got selected to be a part of this mobile IT training uh, truck. Like they have this truck that carries all this IT equipment around that it's basically a command center for like NASA. Like that's the level of tech that's sitting in there. Um but you and I'm talking about like on the TVs, like everything's a monitor kind of thing. There's cameras and shit. And basically, we are working through a you know invasion attempt. And prior to the whole thing starting, and mind you, it's really cool to be able to be a part of that. I think costs like a couple hundred, if not a grand plus, just just sitting there. But anyway, I got to rub shoulders with one of the, you know, regional managers over there. And I left a really good impression with him because he gave me his card after the fact. And he's like, hey, when you graduate, give me a call. And unfortunately, by the time I gave him a call, he was no longer with uh, with the company. And that was basically the end of that aspiration. Uh, they offered me a sales position. I was like, ah, fuck no. <laughs> but anyway, no. So, um, you know, it's. When you see those people, like, I can't stress this enough, be able to be human. Because at the end of the day, that is what we all are. We're just humans. Like, don't fucking appeal to their fame or anything like that. Just treat them like you'd want to be treated. And I think that's something I'm learning, too. Just, like, as... Because I listen to uh, the Distractable podcast, the one that Markiplier does with his buddies. And they talked about fame at one point. And I feel like... Honestly, if I ever grew as a content creator to that level, I would probably still retain a lot of my humanity, but I would still be, like, I would still get annoyed and be like, Ayo, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm out here with my girlfriend, leave me alone. <laughs> but, honestly, if you see me in public, feel free to come up and say hello. I will fucking gush and probably post about you on social media. <laughs> but... Honestly, like, and that's just a side tangent all in itself to be like, these are the things I entertain every now and again. Because I feel as though as I continue to make more content, as it steadily grows, um, you know, I want to be able to be to at least have some thought in the process and be like, oh, yeah, no, this is what I would do. But anyway, I do have a quick question of the night real fast because I got... I really need to get cooking. My lovely girlfriend's going to be home from work soon. So this one's going to be quick. But I do have a question. And that is, if I got to host a panel at any convention, what would it be and why? And honestly, I've already kind of touched bases on it. But I would love to do a first 100 days on Twitch. Or first 100 days as a content creator. And just... 
speak as somebody that didn't exactly, you know, flourish. Like, there's some people on either platform, you know, or any platform, really, TikTok, Spotify, uh, Twitch, YouTube, that capture the lightning in the bottle, so to speak, and absolutely just skyrocket, you know. I've talked about them before, but I have a friend that's a VTuber who's steadily grown in popularity. And I'm super excited for her because she's worked really hard at this. Like, I remember when we first started talking, um, she was still, like, little, little follower base. Uh, She was having computer issues. And we just had, like, a couple of minutes. Like, we actually had a couple-hour conversation, I think. Um, You know, going back and forth. And I learned a lot about her. But, and, like, we had, like, this chill, solid moment with each other. But she's steadily been growing in popularity, and I'm super excited for her. Uh, You know, a couple of you guys that listen to the podcast uh, have started your own streaming journeys. And, you know, I don't think any of y'all have started a podcast yet. If you do, I want to sponsor y'all. But, or you can use my sponsor, anchor.fm slash phantasmablooms. No, I'm kidding. Um... But uh, some of y'all have started on your own streamer journey or have been reinvigorated because of me. And that in itself has been like a really uh, amazing thing to feel and to see for myself. Because, you know, it's cool. I like y'all or I like seeing y'all develop your own brands and your ideas. And I feel like that's one of the things that people don't really get to talk about is when you listen to these, like, big success-type stories where they're like, oh, this is what you should do, you know, to get a massive following. Like, they don't talk about the slow grind that it is. Like, we are competing against hundreds, if not thousands of people at a single time and across a different, you know, multitude of uh, platforms, all demanding a chunk of your time. Like, I streamed Kirby yesterday with Jules, and we didn't do that great as far as the numbers go. And I don't really like looking at the numbers, but, you know, I'm like, all right, everybody and their mom is fucking streaming, you know, Kirby. The fact that we did any type of numbers compared to anybody else, because I guarantee you there's a bunch of people with zero viewers and a bunch of people with ones. The fact that we had like a solid eight, nine for a while, like that made me really proud. Um, but it's at the same time, it's just like, I don't think people really give the, you know, way to approach other streamers. Like, the whole thing about this is building a community. You want to steadily build a bunch of, you know, actual active viewers that care about you and want to see you succeed. Um, You don't, like, you could absolutely do empty follower type stuff where you set up a subscription, or not a subscription, a giveaway, and people will be like, ooh, free thing, and you'll have like a couple of empty followers that never come back to your channel or anything like that after they lose, um, but they absolutely, sorry, I'm getting a, ooh, shit, you guys might hear that, I, mm, fuck, uh, fuck, ah, I did not realize, fuck it, I'm leaving it in, this is a zero editing stream. <laughs> God damn it. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Oh, man. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, no. Jules is about to be upstairs, and I didn't start 
cooking. Oh, honey, hi. I know you're hearing this in the past tense, me, past tense Seth, talking to future tense you, but I have snacks. And you will enjoy what I make, I promise. But <laughs> we're just giving it more time to marinate. That's totally what it is. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> anyway, I think that's probably enough for tonight. Uh, we can talk more about, you know, my dreams of a hundred day. <laughs> uh, first hundred days on any social platform to build a brand. Uh, at another time, I need to get to cooking. But hey, remember, you can find me in the night skies across different platforms. You've got Phantasma Blooms on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. You can listen to Bloomscast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and soon to be YouTube. And you can email the show directly by sending it to Bloomscast at gmail.com. That again is Bloomscast, P L U M E S C A S T, at gmail.com. Guys, thank you all so much for listening in, and as always, I'll talk to you again from the stars very soon. Until next time, everyone, I gotta get cooking. Bye bye!